Hello and welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast, the Kansas City Royals Podcast in association with Inside the Royals. I am Jake Milham and joining me tonight, I have Lucas Murphy, the beat of Kansas City once again. Lucas, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm actually doing pretty solid, a little tired. Uh, many people probably listening don't know I work the overnight shift right now and it is uh, getting to be a struggle. So I'm here, I'm ready. Uh, I'm about, I have about as much life as the Royals do right now. Let's just put it that way. I, I was about to say, man, it, the Royals are on right now, but it's not like they're really energizing right now. We <laughs> kind of have this bullpen pitchers duel going on right now. Uh, yeah. What, what Merrifield did, you know, he did hit a home run. So that was, that was fun, but still kind of, um, I don't know. That wasn't very climactic, I guess. <laughs> Hey, it's, uh, it gives them an opportunity to get traded, I guess. Oof, isn't that the <laughs> truth? Well, yeah, man, let's, you know, we said we we're going to talk about it tonight. Let's go and roll right into it, man. Um, you know, I, all the qualms with this Royals team have kind of hid the fact that Whit Merrifield just still isn't getting it done. I mean, I remember when it was a big story that, like, he was moved out of that leadoff spot that he had held down for so long, and now the man is down at eight. Yep. Like, you can't you can't say this is like, oh, well, you know, he's the, you know, what, what do they call the nine hole that's like your secondary leadoff secondary guy? Lead off, yep. you, can't, you can't call Wit that <laughs> down at the eight hole. I mean, he just isn't getting it done. Even right now with, with this home run, he is has a 147 batting average so far on the year. Like, he is absolutely atrocious. He is the only Royals player on track to finish this year with a negative wins above replacement and a negative WRC. Lucas, I have to ask, the man's been a like a pillar of post-World Series Royals baseball. What do you think needs to be done with Whit Merrifield? Man, it's it's a tough, it's really a tough thing because you know he's he's the Iron Man of the Royals and really, I guess you could say of baseball right now. I mean, he's been that consistent guy. Um, I think it shows you a little bit of what age does. And you know, we talked about this previously, but Carlos Santana, him and Carlos Santana are actually relatively close in age, and it both started deteriorating around the same time. And I think that's just the way it is. Uh, how I would approach it honestly is, and this might this might be, I guess, not the best of opinions, but I'd keep pushing them out there. Um, I mean, the way the record is right now, you're not, you're not going for anything right now. If, if, if we were a couple games more played due to weather, we'd probably be right there with the Tigers at the seller of the central. And um, I think you got to kind of keep pushing them out there to, to, you know, I guess get them out of the funk. He still plays very good defense, which is what Dayton Moore and, JJ Piccolo really like, um, you know, eventually I think it, he can come out of it. He's a professional. He's been doing this for a while, but like, you know, in our group chat on the side, there's a lot of things that I think go into a major league hitter where, you know, it, it's tough to kind of transition and work on things through a season at times, just because you don't always want to like change your swing, you know, in the middle of a season and try to start making changes just because that's, that's not how it works. And typically you would get sent down for that, but also in the group chat. And I think you mentioned it, he can't be sent down. So man, I just keep pushing him out there. Uh, that's kind of the long answer, but I think people kind of need that. 
just because I, th- I I understand the frustrations as he gets another base hit right now as we're talking. So <laughs> I, I think it I think it'll start to play itself self out. I really do. Okay. Well, you know what i I kind of go back and forth on it. You have to recognize his active games streak, which is very very impressive, not only for Royal standards but for baseball standards. Um, he has very much been an Iron Man of Major League Baseball. Um, I I go back and forth on it so much, man. I just want to say, look, give the give the guy a break. You know, give him three games on the bench to just you know pinch hit him if you have to, but just let him take a breath. Um, on the on the other hand, you know, he did kind of have a breath with the uh, with all the rainouts and such in Baltimore, so. You know, maybe we're seeing something a little bit different. Um, I Witt's not as frustrating as he was earlier on this year. Like, I think there was a there was an extra innings game or something like that where he had six at-bats and four strikeouts. Like, mm-hmm. it's just – he's just not playing his brand of baseball that we're used to, which I think is frustrating. Um, if – oh, yeah, let's, let's be honest. If you have a – I think he's making like two, three million this year. Very, Mm -hmm. very low numbers. If you had a 33-year-old middle infielder hitting his numbers and making his salary, you you wouldn't be surprised. But it's Whit Merrifield. So we we all have this. He's supposed to be two-hit Whit. He's supposed to be at least getting on base. So, I mean, tonight's been really good for him. He's gotten a home run. He he has a single, you know, maybe this is turning it around. Maybe this is just flash in the pan. I don't know. We're, we'll keep talking about it. I don't I don't want to bench him permanently, but I mean, he's yeah. not helping his case. You know, I started thinking, too, like because I, I really look at it from another team's perspective. Like what other teams, what would they do? Like would it if let's just use this figurative. If, if he was on the Yankees right now who are very successful and are playing well, let's say DJ LeMay, who got hurt and somehow Whit Merrifield was there. Would Whit Merrifield still be consistently playing at the rate that he's doing, or would they be like, mm, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't know if it's because it's a Royals and like how committed Dayton has been to players. And like, again, Mike Matheny is a player's coach. And I really think Mike Matheny is the right coach right now, but I just think that, you know, I'm sure they're working on it again. I just, man, it's, it's a tough situation. Like you said, and, I think he'll work out of it. It's just hopefully it's just not too late in the season. Hopefully they didn't dig in themselves enough enough of a hole that they can come out. Yeah, I mean we were so first, you know, talking about similar moves on a more competitive team. Um, first one that comes to mind, and this was talked about on social media, is the St. Louis Cardinals send, sending down Paul DeJong uh, mm-hmm. to their AAA team, and he was hitting very very eerily similar numbers to Wit. Um, and he was kind of, I, I would call him like wit like, like that was his production. He was a contact guy, good defensive glove. Um, and, and he even, he got sent down. So I think that if that was an option, the Royals might be exploring it, but you're not, I mean, you can't option them down. You, you just, you either bench him or you play him. And I think the Royals are thinking maybe it's a better time to, to play him. Mm-hmm. Um, Shifting so shifting over to what you're talking about with with Matheny, I very much agree with you. I think that he is the guy for right now, and he hasn't shown 
he hasn't shown much to say otherwise. Um, I did. I have liked his emotions this hmm. year. Um, he does seem a little bit more emotional than he has in years past. So that is always something that I enjoy. Um, the, I mean, I, I don't know, man. Just the the lineup isn't getting it isn't getting it done. And I know at some point you have to say, well, it's on the players to execute. But what players are being pushed out there on a losing team is is frustrating. And at a certain point, you got to blame that on on Matheny, right? Yeah. You know, I, I think it, you know, to some degree I do. And I, again, that's where maybe the downside is of being a player's coach. Maybe he's, you know, that 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 aspect is there. Um, but I also think that there is some pressure at times too, from the top. And uh, for me, the one that is very, very puzzling is why Ryan O'Hearn continues to, and, and again, if he's on the roster, that's completely fine. But why is he out there DHing tonight when MJ Melendez, mm-hmm. who has been looking actually pretty good from the plate? Um, why, you know, I, I, I just don't understand that decision there. And, um, you know, the interesting thing for me is going to be when Cam Gallagher comes back, are they truly going to send MJ back down after he's shown what he's capable of doing um, as the Royals scoot, score two more runs from Bobby Witt Jr.? <laughs> this is uh, – I just – man, you know, I just – I don't know. I think it's tough, and I think to kind of come back to your question with, like, Mike Matheny and stuff, I just – I think he was signed on to – lead the movement with this youth group that's coming. I don't think he was ideally put here to, I guess, wade the water, even though that's probably part of the job description is like kind of getting through some of these like veteran players. And like, I think he was here to lead this young group. Cause when you go back and look at his days at the Cardinals, like he really led a youth movement there for a while. And he had such a tremendous, uh, you know, success there, just not necessarily in the playoffs, but um, I really think Mike Matheny is the right guy, and I'm excited to see. Oh, that's a dead ball. I hit Benintendi. Uh, I'm just excited to see, uh, you know, what happens from there. Yeah, um, I'm going back to what you're saying about about MJ. I mean, let's. It's he has a pretty small sample size. You know, six games, only 18 plate appearances. But let's. Let's look at the I always love to look at the 162 game averages, man, because they, they either like say a really good story or a really bad story. There, there's rarely <laughs> a middle. Um, yeah. But I mean, even his he's a hard hitting guy. Um, he has had a high strikeout rate at a certain point and his 162 game average batting average 313, a 764 OPS um, and with with 81 strikeouts. I mean, of course, you know, he. He's not going to register any home runs there because he hasn't hit a home run yet in his uh, major league career. Um, I, you, you have him, you, you have him there, and I don't think. I mean, you, you could say maybe they're trying to let him focus more on his behind the plate stuff. Like he hasn't looked very comfortable behind the plate up in the up in the majors. Um, he is, he is currently third in the AL for uh, catching errors right now. Yeah. I think that's stuff that can be worked on. And I think, you know, that's where Salvador Perez obviously is your primary catcher. And, and we understand that right now. And the whole intention of MJ Melendez coming up clearly was because Cam Gallagher got hurt. So we know right. he was going to be a backup catcher. So in the time being, 
he can provide you exactly what we see as a special talent. And that is from obviously, you know, the DH spot, or he's even been known to play a little bit of right field. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he could be plugged out there at times too, with Oliveris being down and uh, them still, for some reason, not playing Isbell on a regular basis. Um, I, I think, you know, that's an, a, a, an area you can look at. I just, for me, I don't know why you would bring him up and hype him up the way you, you did just to send him back down. And that's, I know we're going to be talking a little bit more here in a, a little bit about uh, something else about players, but <laughs> I just think, man, it's tough. It's like, bring him up. Let's go. We're the record is not good. Hitters are not producing the way they should be. Pitching is suspect. Like it's go time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Hey, real quick. Yeah, real, real, real quick. I think this would be awesome if you and I one day, and I want to put this on the podcast. I think it'd be cool if you and I spent three hours one day. I don't know how we would do it. If you and I commentated a game through a podcast, oh how cool. that'd be kind of cool, man. That would, that would, I think that would, you know, Katie actually brought up a, a similar idea because she, she's a, a baseball fan, but she doesn't know a whole lot about the ins and outs of baseball. You know, she's a, she's a dirty Phillies fan. unfortunately. <laughs> so uh, you, we all know how much they know about baseball. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, let's talk about that more in the future. That's a, that's a good idea. Maybe we can do it on StreamYard or something, you know? Yeah, StreamYard or uh, some live, maybe go YouTube live or something. Yeah, for sure. We'll have to we'll have to talk about that more in the future. But yeah. hey, talking talking about you know more hypothetical things, um, we do a little bit of a brain exercise. And if you could bench or just kind of deactivate, I guess a player for the rest of the year, you know they don't even have to be an option to play at the major league level for you, Lucas, who would that be? Mm. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to have to say Ryan, Ryan O'Hearn. Yeah. Um, That's just, I think, you know, for me, it's not necessarily the person because I think you can see the chip on his shoulder, the fire he has inside. But for me, it's, it'd be one thing if like maybe this was his second year, but we've seen this year in and year out and he goes down to the minors and just crushes it, comes to the majors. And again, I understand that this is the most elite level of baseball and, but he just doesn't seem to get it done. And I think that there's other guys that should have the opportunity to do what he does. Yeah, that's very fair. Especially when there's a lot of people who could be doing what he does, uh, DHing, namely. <laughs> I think too, if, if we're going to, you know, kind of do this as a position player and maybe a pitcher as well. Um, I think from a pitching perspective too, I would almost say, I think Boobich is crazy as that sounds. Cause I wrote a piece for inside the Royals on how I thought he was going to have this breakout year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Boobich needs to go down and really just have a year to where he collects it does well, figures things out and then maybe give it a shot next year. I mean, they're not necessarily doing it right now with Singer in a full season, but you, you saw him go down, and we've seen some successes from him, and I think Bubich just needs to go down. I think you posted or somebody posted that the highest level that he's made it to the minors was, what, single A? Yeah. Um, so he, Yeah, so he needs to go. He needs to go down and really probably have some success, build confidence, and then uh, then work his way back to the majors. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he needs uh, 
you know, maybe he just needs a little bit of fire underneath him again. Um, I'll, I'll go the same route as you, uh, picking a position player and then a pitcher as well. I'll, I'll start off with the position player who we've been kind of fortunate. He hasn't been in the, uh, in the mix of things. I'm going to have to say Carlos Santana. Um, I know he's injured right now. Just we're, we're having all these lineup issues in, and he's not even in the picture. You know, like, could you imagine if they were cycling through, you know, just Dozier, O'Hearn, and Santana again, over and over and over again? And, you know, Isbell's, you know, he's sitting on the bench and MJ's sitting on the bench. I mean, even at this point, Sebastian Rivero, you know, just some, just make it, make the product interesting at, at some point. We know, we know these guys aren't going to be the future. We know Santana isn't the future. O'Hearn hopefully isn't the future. Um, you know, just give us something interesting. So I would I would say move on from Santana. You don't even have to I doubt this ownership would eat the money. Um they're they're gonna keep him. They're gonna keep him as a ready bat. And I think they should because he's a switch hitter. He can walk. And yeah. I think at some point you have to realize like age is a factor. And right. that you do di- start to digress. Like, I you can't keep plugging people out there that are showing ill success. I mean, to me, that sends a message from the top as in like, oh, it's another year where we're not considering this a, a season to make a run at the playoffs. Like, they easily could be on pace for my prediction of 85 wins, but that's clearly not happening. And the reason is just because it's like, hey, we're going to keep doing the same thing and we're not ready for the future quite yet. Like we're going to wait one more year. And I think, you know, the pressure starting to come because it ha- it needs to happen now. And then they also, you're seeing the lack of success from young talented pitchers. And so the, I think even more pressure is on. And um, I think it's just tough, man. It's that, you know, I think that, I think it'll come around. I really do. I think once we start getting to the dog days of summer and, and we really start to, to get rolling it'll turn around but man it's just tough tough baseball right now it it really is man it's it's not easy at all right now um but so santana's gonna be my position player pick my pitcher pick is actually gonna be carlos hernandez yeah um, and i think he he's the sensible next option behind uh Bubich. Um, although I would say Hernandez over Bubich simply by the fact that Hernandez's stats and his advanced metrics are down across the board. His velos down. Um, I think like his only thing above MLB average is his fastball spin rate. Like that mm-hmm. is that, that's it. He's just not he's not close to what he was in 2020 and 2021. Uh, something's something's up you know maybe he's dealing with an injury maybe he's just not getting lucky who knows i think he needs a little bit of time either in the pen or you know just go in seven eight innings down in omaha mm-hmm. um, that that would be my approach uh, but i think this is a what, what what are you thinking what are you thinking i don't want to say what just happened <laughs> <laughs> No, I like what you're saying. Oh, oh, workout, by the way, uh, but yeah, I like what you're saying with Carlos Hernandez. I think uh, I would like for them to maybe send him down, and you know, I think we've seen him as a starter. Uh, maybe give him a chance to work out of the pen and maybe 
see if that works and then really kind of assess from there because the guy throws flames. And like you said, his spin rate is pretty good. So uh, maybe a bullpen arm uh, in the future. Um, But man, it's, that's a tough one too, just because they are really kind of, I guess, neck deep in water when it comes to young pitching towards the bottom of the rotation, even though they are stacked at the minors and we haven't seen really a few of those guys even come up. Like, I mean, I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, even though Asa Lacey, like, you know, the, that's a person that could come up and play John Heasley's still down there. I mean, the list goes on and on. And so, um, We'll just have to see, man. I think uh, I, I like that pick for sure. That probably would have been my second pick behind Bubich for sure. Well, and we are going to get to see some more of those different arms. Um, Alec Lewis did report today that Heasley is going to get tomorrow's start um, in in Texas. So we'll uh, we'll definitely be monitoring that. So the Athletics Alec Lewis did report today that Jonathan Heasley is set to get tomorrow's start. Um, down at Texas for the series finale question mark. I believe so. It it should be this, this road, this road trip is going to be so freaking long, man. I don't envy the Royals. Cause this is kind of a, this is not off to a great start. Uh, no, it is. It is a series finale. I'm, I need to do more research anyways. <laughs> so yeah, cause, cause who's next? I'm sorry, but Oh no, the, the the Rockies are next, so they'll, yeah, they'll travel. Yeah, yeah. And and Rogers did already put out the probables for that, and I think that was um, Granky on Friday, um, Hernandez on Saturday, and then Lynch on Sunday, if I recall correctly. So nothing. This this rotation is kind of trying to recover from the Baltimore series and how how weird that was mm-hmm. um, just, just with all the rain, man. Um, I do. And you know what? I, I do have to brag on myself. I finally got to go to a Royals game again. Um, yeah. That was pretty was, sweet. Uh, yeah, man. It, it really was. Um, I do have to own up. We, we couldn't stay for both games of that double header. Mm-hmm. Um, frankly, it was, we got to the ballpark around like noon that day and they didn't even start the next game until six. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, we have a we have a four hour drive home. Let's uh, let's go ahead and head out. And I'm, I'm glad we were the Royals won the game that we were at <laughs> and then we left. So I left. I left a happy Royals fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to ask you because um, I do. I do have to ask you, honestly. So you kind of, you sent me a picture of where you were kind of sitting at in a little bit in right field, correct? Uh, that was actually out in straight left. Straight left. Okay. I was curious because of that uh, Andrew Benatendi come, dropping back on that ball, playing left field, and it hitting the top of the wall. I was curious your take on that. Dude, it was – so you could just hear the collective frustration in Camden Yards – um, one, because I completely forgot about this. The Orioles like just pushed that wall mm-hmm. back. Um, I did some more research after the fact, and apparently last year there was more than 100 home runs hit to that spot in Camden Yards, and this year there's only a handful because they pushed that wall back. So last year, I mean, there was two hits in that game one on Sunday that would have 
that were the difference. And that mm-hmm. wall was the difference. You know what I mean? They yeah. should, they would have been home runs in previous years. Um, fans, fans are frustrated and I don't blame them. I thought it was a home run both at first and on review. Honestly, um, I'm not up to snuff on my whole, you know, when it bounces off the top, mm-hmm. you know, what, at what point does it become a home run and not, um, but man, I, I've kind of felt sorry for the Orioles fans on that because that ball was absolutely smoked. Mm-hmm. Like, it had, it was the loudest hit of that whole game. And I thought it was a no doubter, honestly, yeah. but it's, it's just unlucky, man. It's gotta be frustrating. Yeah, you know, I'm surprised that, and I kind of mentioned this, I'm surprised they don't have, like, yellow painted up there so you can really dif- differentiate, like, where it actually connected with the wall. So, like, when they went back to review it, you couldn't even tell on the review, really, um, because the pad just kind of folded. Mm-hmm. And the, the good thing for the, you know, the front person sitting in the front row really didn't respond to the ball. So, um, but, yeah, it was really tough to see. I think that would be a good addition if, is just kind of maybe putting like a yellow stripe there to differentiate like what it hit. So, yeah. But I mean, other than that, man, it was a great turnout at Camden Yards. I was kind of surprised that the turnout, you know, it was Mother's Day. I thought maybe the crowd would be a little sparse. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, they they had a pretty good crowd there. Um, we were so we were I bought tickets for kind of center field area. Mm-hmm. Um, but something I didn't think about is my, my wife's service dog. Oh, so we we went to the little fan assistance center and we said, hey, I forgot about this. Any way you could help us out. And they put us in a handicap accessible section of section 82, Okay, which one it was packed out there in left field. Mm-hmm. Like they had they had some seats zip tied shut in front of us. But other than that, it was just solid orange. Wow. Like it was, um, it was a really impressive, um, kind of spot. It was, it was pretty good energy. No one was, I had my rules gear on. So did Katie. Um, no one was really, you know, like, Oh, Royals fans, you know, (laughs) it's probably Um, because they knew that there was a good shot that they were going to win the series. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Well, (laughs) Hey, you know what? They, They won the series. So I guess that's all that matters. They'll have to they'll have to settle up later on this year when uh I mean Baltimore will go to Kansas City in early June. So hopefully yeah. there's a little bit of a different outcome there. Um I do I do have this one bone to pick. Okay. So there at Camden Yards, the visitor bullpen is very much open to the the crowd. Like mm-hmm. I could walk about 30 yards to my left and go lean up against a railing. And I was probably about 15 feet away from like from Lynch when he was warming up or uh, Barlow's warming up. I I got a video that I didn't even post. I even think about it. And Rivera was there. Um, everyone was pretty like talkative. All the pitchers were, um, mm-hmm. you know, fan, fans were heckling. They were, you know, they were asking for things, but everyone was in, you know, good spirits um Rivero nothing not a not a I think I got I did get one reaction out of him when I asked him how Arkansas was oh and I meant that genuinely but I don't think he took it very well 
because I got a little bit of a nasty side eye, but like he he didn't say nothing. So um, I mean, I you were in Royals gear. I mean, it's not like you're you know. I, that's that's what I thought, but I don't know. He he had just come up, if I remember right. So maybe he was feeling a little little weird about it. So what you're saying is he's uh, enemy number one on Jacob's list right now. <laughs> no man, no. It was <laughs> I. I was Joe Schmo in in Baltimore. It is all good, man. Enemy number one though, it's gonna be Cal Eldred. Yeah, uh, I think uh, mine's Bradshaw. <laughs> So, <sighs> well, we can uh, we can certainly talk about that more <laughs> later because I don't think anything's changing soon. So uh, we got to leave some content to talk about next time. All right. Oh, well, I'm sure we'll have plenty of it. Oh, that we will. That we will. So, hey, as we wrap things up, Lucas, you know what I'm going to ask? Where can folks find you on social media? Uh, the beat of KC, ladies and gentlemen, you are going to get a lot of content over there. Uh, really kind of the flood of the market, I guess you could say, for what I'm doing. So head over there. And uh, really, as of right now, it's kind of just KU stuff and Royal stuff. Um, I think that's kind of what's going on. So head over to the beat of KC on Twitter. There you go. There you go. Again, I'm Jacob Milham. You can follow me on Twitter at jmilthaham. It's going to be a lot of Royals content right now. The uh, the Chiefs content is kind of slowed down after the draft, so yeah. please uh, please be patient with me because I am hitting a creative wall there, man. <laughs> it is tough. You kind of need to break, though. I mean, not to – I know we're getting ready to wrap it up. You need a break at times, man. You kind of just settle back and take it in and then come back to it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, hey, I, I start another college class next week, man. I got to take Woo. a breath. So, but – Again, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Royal Rundown Pod. Um, trying to trying to up the meme game a little bit. You know, that there's some easy pickings there, so bear with me on that. But again, thank you for supporting us. Thank you for listening. And until next time, go Royals! <laughs> <laughs>